Well, hey, everybody. Another edition here of the First Alert Weather Podcast. Andrew Gorton here with Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley. How's it going this week, Dave? Going all right, Andrew. Uh, things are looking good. Hopefully everything is going okay with you. Yeah, no complaints. Everything's going well. So, you know, we had some fun weather things happen this week, one of which a new satellite launched. Um, that was on Tuesday. So just some weather nerd stuff here before we get into what we've got coming up over the next week forecast-wise. This was uh, the third in a series of next-gen weather satellites. The Atlas V rocket took this up here. It is uh, the GOES-T, as we call it, and that stands for Geostationary Operational Environmental Satellite. Now, once this kind of gets rolling here, it's going to be named GOES-18, and this is just going to help predict uh, some weather for us. This is going to be more so over the West Coast, the Pacific Coast. And the reason why that's important for us is a lot of our weather patterns, Dave, come from the West to the East. So this gives us eyes there, giving us image updates every 30 seconds of what's going on. Way back off to our West, we can kind of see where those storm systems originate from and then come back uh, downstream. So we're looking upstream more so and then it's going to be coming off toward us. And just some fun facts about it, because I like them. 22,300 miles above Earth, and uh, I just think that that's kind of crazy to think about. It's replacing GOES-17, so this, again, going to become GOES-18. This uh, GOES-17 was launched four years ago, and it had an issue with some of the technology in there. The advanced baseline imager had an issue. So, you know, got to replace things up there. It's unfortunate when it gets that high up, you can't really fix it. And the fourth satellite in this series has a launch date in 2024, and that's going to go up on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket. So, you know, it's always good to have more eyes up there. The more, the better. And and the data, once this really gets finished testing, which is supposed to be in August, you know, that's kind of in hurricane season. And, and that will help us with upper air patterns to see what's coming our way and maybe you know, uh, something could come in here and block a storm from hitting the coast because that's pretty much the middle of hurricane season. Yeah, and, and it's always good to have that extra information. Every so often you get those updates in the satellites. If you remember back in the 70s, mm-hmm. the things were totally different of how we used to get the satellite, how often we used to get the satellites, positions of the satellites. Uh, so the more, the better, because there's just so much that uh, information that we need to gather that we don't really see a lot that you can't see from here on earth, but with those satellites, we can get all that information around the world. And hopefully with all these faster computers as well, ingesting all that data and all the algorithms and everything that they have yeah. with the programs to get everything uh, working correctly with that. Yeah. You know, I, I say the, the more data, the better, cause you know, it's almost like sometimes there's too much out there. So when we put new technology up there, you just don't know if it's almost too much. But I think that it's going to be for the best, at least, you know, people smarter than us that are ingesting this data into those global forecast models because for us, that's kind of what controls the overall weather pattern is what I'm assuming we would get out of this a benefit for us. Maybe not exactly if you're going to get a pop-up shower over your house during the summertime with sea breeze, but this is kind of a bigger picture synoptic way of, of, of a little bit of help coming our way down the line. I think eventually we'll, we'll get there years down the road getting those pop-up showers but we're nowhere near to getting those uh random afternoon showers who's going to get it or who's not uh we're not quite there yet but we could definitely use those showers sure could because uh we have been very dry uh, across the area here really once we got past january february was was dry and uh we're starting out march uh, relatively quiet and the drought monitors are released every week and uh, they collect the data on um, 
Tuesdays, kind of analyze it Wednesdays, then they release the drop monitors every Thursday. We're recording this co- this podcast here on Thursday, March 3rd. So the drought monitor is released, and we are seeing moderate drought conditions expanding a little bit, mostly right along the coastal areas, either side of Interstate 95, seeing some of that moderate drought. And it really doesn't look like that's going to change that much. I don't see a lot in the forecast over the next uh, week, couple weeks. No, you know, and we might get a, a slight pattern shift. Cutter and I are kind of grasping at straws looking at the forecast this morning, trying to get better rain chances in about six, seven days. But it's not a widespread rain, at least confidently, that we could put in the forecast right now. And it's really important this time of the year that we don't go too far into a drought, even though it is our dry time of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's not crazy if we go into a drought. But, you know, with high pressure situated above us, a few things would help, you know, it would help out a few things if we had some of this rain. Because, you know, we're having these control burns everywhere. There's just kind of like soot stuff just kind of falling from the sky. With the high pressure pushing down in the atmosphere, it doesn't give it a way to kind of ventilate out. Also, we haven't had a ton of wind. So it's just kind of sitting there. And also a lot of pollen right now. That's something that's bothering me. I know it's bothering a lot of people. If you're lucky enough to not have allergies, then more power to you. But I would just encourage you guys, if you are going to be doing any sort of burning, just be careful. Check with, uh, you know, Georgia Forestry folks, uh, the commission, and make sure that burning is allowed at this time of the year because really it's a simple check of if you've got high pressure or not. Or call into us because whenever you have high pressure, the smoke can only rise so high before it kind of hits that cap, flattens out, and then just stays at the surface level and really just breathing all of that in. So I know that most people just burning you know, leaves and limbs, that's not that big of a deal. But some of these bigger operations, it's, I know it's the time of the year to do it, but it's kind of a bad combination when you get that high pressure too, because there's just no ventilation in the lower, yeah, there's just no ventilation to get it out of here. And it kind of has to be done because these prescribed burns are really helpful for, you know, the environment. The main reason is, you know, you'd rather a controlled burn happen and people monitoring burning a an area of a forest or whatnot versus a wildfire come in there and just be untamed at it. So that that's why a lot of these happen this time of the year because we don't get a lot of rain. And you can't have these kind of burns that are controlled whenever it's during the wet season. But whenever you combine that with high pressure, it's not necessarily the best for air quality. Yeah, and, and speaking of the dry conditions, this is actually the, the good time. You mentioned it being kind of our little dry period here. And we are typically a little drier as far as the average rainfall goes. But if you're going to be dry, you mentioned that this is a better time to be dry because we're not really growing a lot right now. We're kind of just kind of getting out of the winter time, the dormancy. So there's going to be a little bit, but nothing like if we had the drought and the heat of the summertime where everything just gets scorched and burnt if you're not seeing any rain and you have those, I'm assuming if you're dry, you're having sunshine and very hot temperatures as well. So uh, we could stand a little bit of dryness here. We do have some showers in the forecast, so hopefully we don't get that prolonged drought conditions. But uh, according to the uh, center, uh, the um, the CPC, I'm, I'm, the Climate Prediction Center is what I'm trying to get at, uh, they give a monthly outlook, and they're looking at the month of March, and they're looking at slightly better than average chance of us being drier than normal. Yeah, so it might, it might take a little bit. We need yeah. we need some of that rain to to come together in a week or so, and things are so finicky once you get past five days too. And you know maybe these satellites out west will help us figure some of that out in the future. And I just did a little bit of digging for fun. I like going through the weather history for the week ahead whenever we record these. So March third, Dave, mm-hmm. eighteen thirty seven while back 
That's a few years ago. Savannah had 10 inches of snow. Wow. I know. So we're just going to chug through here. 1942, uh, second lowest tide at Fort Pulaski, so it was minus 4.3. So it was getting blown out a that Blowout day. tide. Yep. And then March 3rd, this is 2013 flurries and pooler reported. So that's interesting. But this was a busy day because in 2019, Liberty County um, over in Riceboro, over toward Half Moon Landing, there was an EF1 tornado, got up to 105 mile an hour wind. And I remember this day because it crossed 95 and there was some tree debris that came on there. A truck and a motorcycle, motorcycle were involved yes. in this. The guy on the, mo- or I don't know if it was a guy, the person on the motorcycle actually was thrown off because it hit this debris and was injured. So that was, um, you know, the state in history on March 3rd, going to March 5th, 1950. One of the first electronic computer weather models started going. So, you know, these are still relatively a new concept. But in 2020, Pooler to Garden City, really the third to the fifth of 2020, got three to five inches. Some places got six inches of rain in that stretch. So I know we're talking about how dry it is, but that's what's interesting about our job and the weather is you can have a big difference here between weather and climate, right? Yes. Climate's what you expect, weather's what you get. Right. And you can have these wet times when it's typically dry. So according to uh, the National Weather Service, March 6th now, um, the median last freeze day for Savannah. So we still can get colder air, even though it's still pretty warm. How about on average, we're, we're getting close to the end of the freeze. Yeah, freezing. we're definitely... For the coast, getting, not so much inland. Right, inland areas, that's going to stretch out a little bit further in the calendar. March 7, 2008, EF0 tornado near uh, Crescent there in McIntosh County. So you can have severe weather in March as well. And then uh, this would have been going into March 10th, so kind of closing out the week ahead. Uh, 1974, Savannah hit 91. So that's the earliest Savannah's ever hit 91 in a year. So kind of both ends of the spectrum. We're getting to the ending here of spring where, yes, you can still have those strong fronts and get the freezing temperatures, but also get in the 90s. You it's easily it's get that happened heat. before. Yes. So... It's one of those things I've always I've always told people whenever seasons are changing, don't expect whatever that season upcoming will be because it's always flip floppy there. Whenever you got a change in the season, it's kind of like oil and water. A transition is never smooth. Right. So you could don't just expect a certain type of weather because usually this is kind of a changing of the guards and and you're going to have a variety within your seven day forecast. Yeah, and this is the time of the year that people are asking us, hey, can we go out and we, can we start planting? Uh, and, and, and on average, you just mentioned it, March 6th, on average, would be the last freeze for the Savannah area. But you never know what you're going to get. You could easily have a late season, quick little freeze in mm-hmm. there, which could uh, unfortunately do some damage. But right. uh, usually you want to wait, if you want to be real safe, usually go to the beginning of April. Yeah, and I know that farmers are about to start playing peanuts, and that's something that I'm going to be working on next week as well as our Proud to be Farmer franchise gets started once again with myself and Dow doing those. So I'm interested to see what the mindset of farmers are for like, what are you planning this time of the year? And why do you do it now? What risks are you taking by doing it in the middle or end of March versus waiting until that, you know, statistical last freeze is probably out of here. But you know, you can only wait so long because if you don't have anything in the ground, you're not making money. Right. So I I know that it's either, I want to say the 16th or 17th of April was the last ever freeze recorded latest in the season, I should say, for Savannah. So we could still have, you know, five plus weeks of there being a possibility just based on the the history. Is the chance very high? No, No. but it is there. Right. So you can never rule that out. So this this is the time of the year that we uh, expect the change. And uh, normally that change is going to be for some warmer conditions coming up. Yeah. And we are getting into more so the severe weather time frame where we could see that. First off, we're going to kind of see our first threats more so back off into Dixie Alley or, or 
more so the, the Mid-South, the Southeast, off to our West as these troughs kind of dig down but don't make it all the way to us because it takes a little bit more energy to get it all the way down to us. But areas like, you know, northern Mississippi, northern Alabama, um, northern Louisiana going up into Arkansas, those are more so the target for the next couple weeks, I would say, the early severe weather season. Right. Ours usually kicks up in April. I, you know, by the time we're in the middle of April, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to have severe storms at least once a week or at least uh, something that could. The cold front's trying to yeah, get in here, something. fire them off. Right. So not saying that we're out of the woods. Obviously, we just went through some weather history and talked about a couple different tornadoes that happened in the past week over the years. But if you're looking for more of a bullet point time on a calendar where you could have uh, a better chance of severe weather, whether it's straight line wind or tornadoes or what have you, then probably going to be in about a month. We'll be talking about that. And I know. Um, we have to deal with a lot of questions for St. Patrick's Day, and we'll talk about that coming up here within the next couple weeks because we're two weeks out from it. But also, it's a busy time of the year for us because it goes right back into the heritage. So, yeah, and, and that's busy always, time of the year. It's always um, the hot spot for severe weather around then. And, and I remember having to, this was a mess, going up to Hilton Head because we needed the storm chaser because we knew the next day was going to be a severe weather day. And, and there was. And um, it was parked in the middle of sea pines, you know, hundreds of people walking around. And this thing was tucked away because, you know, the marketing department's like, oh, we're just going to have it here. It's going to kind of be hanging out like a billboard. Right. Well, I had to go in there and try to get out. I I even, like, asked some cops. I was like, can you just help me? I don't want to hit anybody. And it was just, it was, you know, it's that time of the year. So it's coming up. Yeah, and the Storm Chaser is a good tool to have to head out there and, uh Keep your eyes on the storms, give you a first-hand view of what it looks like across the area. We can give you the latest information on uh, what the current conditions are right there from the storm chaser and go live and, and, again, show you exactly what's happening wherever the storm chaser may be. Let's just hope that things are relatively quiet this year. Yeah, and it's versatile because I had it out there whenever we had that freezing precipitation chance uh, a month or so ago. And you remember when that was, everything blends together. But, uh, you know, I had it down by the Houlihan Bridge, and it was getting pretty close to, to reading 32 there even at the afternoon. So it's good. To, you know, we use it. It's very versatile. We use it for not just uh, severe weather threats, but really any kind of weather. Right. So it's good to have. And I hope that we don't have to use it. We could take it to schools, and we could take it to, uh, you know, more as a, a learning opportunity, an educational opportunity for folks versus putting it in action. I'll be taking it to a school next week. There you go. <laughs> Looking forward to hear about it. So, uh, tennis, did you have tennis? We've got to end out on, on our personal lives. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I did have tennis uh, this past week. We got it in before the rains. The rains kind of held out. We were keeping our fingers crossed on that. Uh, lost. Oh. We lost, but our team won. Okay. So there's only two teams in the league this year. So we, this is, we won every match so far, so we're already qualified to go to states in Macon in early August. Uh, but this was the first match that we lost. Okay. Well, you know. But it was fun. It was good. Room to grow. Oh, yeah. No, it was fun. I don't, I'm just out there to have fun. I don't care if I win or lose. I'm just happy to be out there playing, really. Yeah. Well, and you got nice weather this weekend, too, if you're playing. So. Uh, yeah. Well, we got uh, tennis again on Sunday. Uh, it should be nice. And we're actually going golfing. I haven't uh, been golfing in a while. But we're heading out to the landings. Okay. Uh, the Deerfield uh, course where you're going to have the Corn Ferry Tour coming up here. We're going to be playing there on Saturday. Nice. I've never been golfing. That's something that uh, you should probably try to pick up living down here, uh, too. You know, it, you can't go a mile without being by a golf course. So maybe I'll have to join you one day. There you go. So, But, yeah, you know, I think that we've got a great weekend up ahead here. And 
Thankfully, the weather's quiet for now. If that changes, we'll let you know. You can always get that forecast in the WTOC weather app. We're going to wrap it up for this week. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Soon we'll be talking about St. Patrick's Day. First time we get to go out in the parade here in a few years. Hope you guys have a good one. For myself and Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley, thank you for listening to the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Mm-hmm.